0: holiday
1: good afternoon pga DFS fans it is a little bit of a different time here this week sorry for the time change to you all but the nba finals are going on or conference finals i should say and with them locking right around the normal time we do we've got bumped up to this time 4:30. so a little bit of afternoon golf for you here I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Razza. And we're going to break down the Jordan Spieth. No, no sorry. The Charles Schwab Challenge, not the Jordan Spieth Challenge. Although it might be named after that, if he goes out and wins again this week, he's got a pretty stellar record here. And I'm going to ask Ben what he's going to be doing with that stellar record and high ownership here this week, whether he's going to be going to him or others. But before we get into that, we are going to go into our waves, weathers, and withdraws. Going to make sure you guys are... Looking at any weather edges that we might have, make sure you don't roster any withdraws. Of course, as we just had a new one again this morning when I woke up, and a couple more things. So let's start off with that. Ben Bryson DeChambeau, no surprise, he was here practicing, but not going to give it a go this week. Uh, might be a little bit of time before we see him again, or maybe it'll be in a couple of weeks in London at the Live Golf Tour. One, it never knows.
2: <laughs> you never know. Yeah, him and Bubba got to get healthy for that tour, but looks like <laughs> for the most, I really thought that there would be a handful of withdrawals for guys that committed to this and then had major showings last week, whether that's Justin Thomas or Mito. But credit to them and Will Z. All of them say they're playing as far as I know. So looks like we've got a pretty strong field. And this is a tournament we're going to get into the course. We see the, same, the, the sponsor changes, but this is the same course each and every year for decades. So that part's good. And I, I got to ask you, I don't see a huge weather. You know, last week the weather was a hot topic. This week mm. I... I don't see a major factor.
1: No, I don't either. I think the only discrepancy uh, that we're seeing right now is that Thursday afternoon, it looks like the wind could pick up to maybe a max of 20 miles per hour. Again, that's only 20. So this is where we're going to turn into our new weather splits tool, which again, had the stroke average through two rounds at about a 1.6 advantage for the early late last week so it, it did exactly what we kind of set out to do with the tool so again make sure you're checking that but it looks like we're only going to get about a maybe at most ben a quarter of a stroke this week it's a big slagging scale how this works is of course the more miles per hour we go up the stronger the advantages i mean i think that's probably saying the obvious captain obvious is here today with you ben in case you didn't know but regardless check out that tool that'll tell you the best advantages any players has but let's jump into some waves now and talk about maybe some first round leads. So here's what I want you to do. We've got, I think I got about six groups I've lined out, and that has about roughly 18 players and I'm going to go through them quickly. And I, what I want you to do is give me your top three candidates for first round leads out of these groups. All right? all right. All right. So going off first, Tommy Fleetwood getting a ton of attention this week. He's going out with Doc Redman and Lee Hodges. Now on the other side, you've got Sam Ryder going out with Trey Mullinax. We've seen, both of them pop up recently. Then right after them, the Tringale, Harmon, Burns, Gooch, Horschel, and Morikawa, Reed, and Simpson. So I've got mine highlighted on our cheat sheet. Are you going to differ from those three? And if so, who are you picking for your three first round leads?
2: So, yeah, I mean, I think when you look at it, you're obviously you're trying to find the right price. Tommy Fleetwood mm-hmm. is playing great golf. We have seen this story before. I've been pointed out many times right? When everyone thinks Tommy Fleetwood's going to win, he doesn't, but uh, I am buying into him. Morikawa is certainly the most talented of the 18 players or 15 players that you mentioned. I'm going to throw up one guy though. That's a little different in Brian Harmon. He's an elite putter. It's the type of guy, you know, we've seen success on this type of track and at this track, if he gets it going for 18 holes, he's making cuts and we know he can pour it in with the flat stick. I don't think that's the craziest. So I want to target some of these early groups. Certainly, Fleetwood is a guy that I think a lot of people are going to target, whether For it's sure. showdown or first round leader. And I, I agree with that. But Brian Harman's a guy that I think could have a quick start tomorrow.
1: Yeah, he's the guy that really uh, grinded out the cut last week. I don't know if you were watching coverage late Friday afternoon, but ESPN Plus they did a great job of kind of highlighting Brian Harmon and Sebastian Munoz coming down. Both made the cut um pretty easily i shouldn't say pretty easily Harmon had to grind the last couple of holes munoz had a little bit of a, a cushion there before he three putted 18. Uh, nonetheless uh Harman is here he scored pretty well also started his sunday round off with three straight birdies had a hole out eagle so certainly some good signs there ben i like the call there um all right uh let's uh, go on to the p.m now just to let you guys know who you're going to be seeing there kisner rose alatorre so you got hoagie hovland Pereira. Uh, so Pereira is getting faulted right up into the featured groups. Homa's playing with Speak and Berger. Scheffler, Thomas Coke rack is the last one there. So uh, we will touch upon those golfers or mostly in our rankum section here as we move on to that, Ben, uh, before we do though, I want to thank Yahoo for continuing to bump up their PGA DFS contest out again this week with some more big ones. And now I've got a sweet deal to tell you about over on Yahoo. If you have not signed up yet, made a first deposit, or played in your first paid contest, now's the time to do so. You're going to get a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum just to do that. And Like I said, right at the top of this, we've got the, open, uh, the U.S. Open coming up in a couple of weeks, conference finals and NBA finals going on, along with MLB. So we've got a ton going on over here at Osmo. Now's the time to join, and you're going to get a free month for signing up to Yahoo and being a new user. Okay, now let's go to our rank up here, and we're going to talk about a couple of Texans. And a couple of non-Texans here. Scotty Scheffler, he's coming in the highest priced golfer again this week at 11,200. Justin Thomas not too far behind him at 11k. Then Colin at Morikawa at 107 and Jordan Speeth at 104 round out the top four golfers. Typically I don't do this, but with Speeth being so good at this golf course, I needed to add him in there. So, of these four, rank them for me on how you're going to play them this week and then maybe give me a sentence or two on why.
2: So I think what stood out to me, and it's early and we'll see how things shift. And that's why, of course, I lean on the tools that we have. Spieth's going to be really popular. I think he's going to be the most popular player. But he's not right now going to be four times as popular as all these guys. And to me, if we're getting ownership in the same ballpark, give me Jordan Spieth. He loves the course. He's always going to like this course. He's always going to play well here. So I can find a different way to leverage. So he's definitely first. That's a little tough. I think I'd just go with Morikawa second just because of the price inversed. Uh It's negligible. These are the four best golfers in the field. But I'm a little surprised that Spieth isn't like 35% and these guys are 12%. If Spieth is, is low 20s and they're upper teens, give me Jordan Spieth all day.
1: Yeah, I think it, for me, I'm, I'm not too far uh, removed from that thinking. I think Colin Morikawa is getting a bump up for me this week because he putted so horribly last week. And people will see that he was just slightly positive on his stroke skin on the approach. But if you take out his two worst holes, the day where he lost almost two strokes on the approach, he had a very good week there. So I'm going to go ahead and, and say, you know what, I'll back Colin Morikawa until he finds the putter. And when he does, he's going to win. So if I get 10% ownership with that this week, great. You know, I think this is a good golf course for that. We know his struggles like Victor Hoblin, who we'll talk about in a second are, have been around the green, but as I've highlighted, and if you guys have read my winner's uh, element article, I, I note this strokes gained around the green just doesn't matter all that much here. In fact, last year in the top 10, eight of the top 10 golfers that finished in the top 10 lost strokes around the green or slightly lost to the field. So Again, just doesn't matter here. That should help Morikawa. It should certainly help Poplar. So for me, Spieth, Morikawa, uh, then Scheffler, then Thomas. I don't know. I mean, I really thought Thomas should take the week off and try and win two majors, but he's here. I don't know. It seems like he put a lot into it. Maybe I'm reading too much into mental fatigue. I know there's no strokes gained fatigue, but I would put Justin Thomas up in that category if you and I are going to create one. So rather just pay for somebody who might be a little more hungry, Scotty Scheffler, who's coming off a missed cut. Um, all right, let's go to our second one here, where we are going to talk about uh, Victor Hovland. We're also going to talk about Will Zalatoris, and we're going to talk about Tommy Fleetwood instead. This is where I throw you a little curveball. I call these guys my top contenders. Everybody, like you said, maybe not everybody, but a lot of people in this industry are liking Tommy Fleetwood to try and break through this week. So put it up against Victor Hovland and Will Zalatoris. Are you just taking the salary savings or is this a product of Victor Hovland and Zaltorius are much closer than Fleetwood in reality?
2: So I do think they are closer, but as you mentioned, it's not just best available. We're talking about two different salary ranges. Tommy Fleetwood could be your third man in on a lineup. And these other guys are probably your first or they're going to be an aggressive second man. in. I do really like Hovland. I bet him at 20 to one. I've talked about this before, but you know, some of these elite drivers of the ball, you think, okay, we'll get them on a course that's, 8,000 yards, and they'll lean on the driver. That's not always the case. And look at Hovland. He's a double winner at Mayakoba. He's won in Puerto Rico. He likes these technical tracks, top three at Valspar. I think it actually forces him to club down. He has a lot of short irons in. And you mentioned around the greens, not going to be the factor. That's probably the biggest bump you could say for a guy like Hovland. So I like Fleetwood a lot, but I really like Victor Hovland up top as well.
1: Me too. It sounds like our cards are rounding out to be pretty identical here Could get dangerous. Uh, typically means run for the hills, everybody. Um, let's see if it'll go differently for us this week, Ben. Uh Zala Torres, he may be number two in strokes gained mental fatigue uh, this week as losing to Justin Thomas was tough. He, he probably should have won the tournament. Maybe Mito Ferreira should have really won. Nonetheless, Zalatores is here on the verge of his first PGA tour win. Will it come this week? And it sounds like you're not gonna play him over the other two guys ranked here, though.
2: No, I'm not. And Listen, he's a great player. I do think going into this, if I had my choice, I would much rather have my guy come in like 40th and not really expend a ton of energy if they're an elite player, whereas he lost in a playoff. The thing that I'm a little dissuaded by is that Zala Torres had the week that everyone envisioned him winning. He gained four and a half strokes putting and another two and a half around the green. That's the explosive outlier week. He's going to have to repeat that. That seems very unlikely to me. The ball striking will be there, but at the PGA, he flipped the putter. That was the first time he's gained in three months with the putter. So to me, give me Hovland and Fleetwood over Will say.
1: Yeah, I think I'm there with you. Uh, I'm not going to lie. So let's move on to our loan studs because most of the golfers we've talked about uh, have at least 15% ownership. Again, check our ownership projections to confirm, except for Mori which I highlighted. So now I'm going to talk about a couple of loan guys to pair them up with Abraham Answer coming in at 9,300. Daniel Berger coming in at 9,000, seemingly going totally opposite ways. And I threw in one more name there because this guy used to be priced basically identical to the first two and it's ricky fowler now he showed up a couple of signs of the pga championship so out of these three lone guys who's the first one you're rostering you can say ricky because of the price <laughs> or say no i'm not going back to ricky even though we made the cut last week i
2: i might get sucked into a little ricky uh, 80 to I 1 out there yeah, but I, I do think that abraham answer finally i'm not going to say that everything is completely fixed but a top 10 at a pga course that i didn't think was great for him coming to an event that i think is great for him maybe that's the catalyst to turn a pretty bad year around he was just surgical tee to green last week gained another four with with the putting i think that answers price makes a lot of sense i do like Sunjay, but he's going to be pretty popular in that range so i'll go with answer ricky's going to be sub five percent I don't know i don't really know what to, that's a totally different price point and i think you get to him but give me answer in the mid nines
1: uh i wonder if devin is talking about my ability to talk very quickly at times i'm not I sure was wondering what you're that going for there
2: we're both from the north like i'm, I'm from new york you're you're a northeast we we talk fast uh that's just how are right. devin if that's what you're
1: going with my my bad i'll i'll, I'll try and slow it down and that's not the first time I've been told. I talk rather quickly here, yeah. but, um, so, uh, just saw some other KHC comments offers that are priced a little bit cheaper. I saw another ones earlier. You you were talking about Adam Shank. Uh, certainly we will get to, uh, in pretty short order here because we only have a couple more rank ups, how I do it. You mentioned the break for an Abraham answer. I am back in this week at 9,300. I think he is a really solid low owned play. Daniel Berger awful with the putter. In fact, he's been awful ever since I met, uh, made a bet against him. It's the best thing that I have done in golf this year because I hated to play him. And it seems like I broke him. Um, No, obviously I'm kidding, but this golf course does set up much better for him at eight, 6%. I will have some this week. Uh, Then we go to Ricky. Yeah. He's in my five to 11% bucket, Ben. I'm going to play him. He's showing signs and he's making cuts at least. So I don't think he harms you all that much. Uh, if he does make the cut at, at price that what 7,200 this week. So, um, can't hate on it too much. Now let's go to the opposite side. High owned AK. I think Mito Pereira, I don't think he's going to run out of gamers or backers this week. Davis Riley continues to get it done. So ownership will start to flow there. Jason Kokrak's last two years at this golf course has been unbelievable. First and third. So I'm sure plenty of gamers will go to him. So where do you rank the three high owned guys? Maybe you're fading all three.
2: I may come in under on all three. Yeah. So Kokrak, he has really played well here. That's honestly an understatement, but everything is clicked. He's gained five strokes or more putting in both. You know, he's played this event before that and he didn't have a ton of success. So you've got that Davis Riley is a guy that I don't know what to do with. He's all over the map. He's been playing fantastic the last three weeks, but I can't pinpoint what he's doing. Teter green now is immaculate the putter at times is ridiculous, but it's never all together. So big range of outcomes. And then you want to do our our new invention, strokes gain mental fatigue. I mean, I don't know what it's going to do, but I I find it hard to believe that there's no effect from being one hole away and not even getting into the playoff. So Mito can play well, there's no doubt. I, I do think there's a chance, though, that There's a hangover effect from just a near historic win uh, that did not end well.
1: No, it certainly didn't. It'll be talked about, you know, in the golfing world for quite some time. Maybe, you know, not for for him. That was pretty bad. Yeah, it it was. It was pretty poor. It it was the worst swing he made all week. Uh, It was pretty clear that it was the worst swing. I mean, it looked awful. Uh, so I'll take the under on all of them this week, Ben. Uh, I'm not, not, I'm um, fading have zero, but I'm definitely under the projected on all of them. I think there are better options. I, I would rather play the chalkier Tommy Fleetwood. I'd rather go up and get Daniel Berger or Abraham answer. So that's where I lie uh, quickly. Other studs that we didn't mention uh, Sam Burns and Max Homa. I'm under on both of them as well this week, but Sungjae JM is probably the most interesting story because he didn't play last week because he couldn't. He wasn't allowed to. Now at 9,200, if he's playing his best golf, which we don't know if he is because he hasn't played in a couple of weeks, uh, this could be a steal of a price. So what are you doing with Sunjay M and the other two here this week?
2: I dev- I like Sunjay M. I really like that range in general. Uh, we already talked about Ants or females there. But Sunjay, he gains in all four categories. He didn't play last week because he couldn't. I, I kind of feel there's an out of sight, out of mind. He's still going to garner some ownership. There's no doubt about it. but. For me, he's definitely an interesting target in that range. Homa is just a top 20 machine right now. Burns is the tricky one. He's an interesting starting point because I think most people are going to pay up. But the, the biggest problem I have is that he's so good with the putter, but the majority of it really is Bermuda splits. And I don't know what happens to him if he doesn't gain three, four five strokes putting. So I get it. But for me, not a priority.
1: Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm there with you. Um, so Devin clarified it's, uh, it's my <laughs> high level of energy. I told him, come back for the major. If he thinks this is big, um, I got no energy. I feel like, yeah. I feel like this is pretty tame here for me today. So, uh, definitely come back for the U S open. You'll see a whole nother level of energy that I've got. Uh, I feel like my four-year-old during, uh, <laughs> during major championships, going to be honest <laughs> with you, the endless amount of energy. Uh, all right. uh I think that'll do it there for the uh, Rankum section here. I think we can move on to make the cut. But before we do, I know we talked about a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum if you play over on Yahoo. But if you don't play over on Yahoo, or or you already have, I should say, and you want to check in on some of our free premium tools and data, well, I'm going to tell you about a couple of them that we've got going on. And typically, because we're doing this at 8 o'clock, I don't even get to talk about it that much because most of the slates have locked, but today we do so. NBA player projections, those are free today. For MLB, the main slate ownership projections. For PGA, top golfers. And for NHL, top stacks. So a a good amount there of free premium tools and data that we have going on today. So check those out. Of course, part of our Awesome One Plus package. Now, we're going to go on to make the cut here. Going to talk about a couple of other golfers in the mid-range that we either think are going to play all four days or don't think they will. And Gary Woodland is A name that continues to pop up. He had it going for a good amount of time last week. Didn't end up finishing all that well. But at 7,900, I think he probably plays all four days. How about you?
2: I would agree. And this is a guy that, you know, I looked at him. Then I looked at our tools. Everything checked out. The pro plays. Another premium ad where you can kind of get some insight into what some of us are doing. I think that Gary Woodland is trending upward. The results haven't been consistent. There's no doubt about it. But I think enough is there. And he's another guy he seems to thrive when he's not forced to be aggressive off the tee. And I think this is the type of setup we see the best version of Gary Woodland.
1: Yeah. I'm not, I'm not uh, not opposed to it at all. Harold Varner, 7,800. I liked him a lot last week and ended up scoring rather well. Didn't finish all that. Well, Uh, I don't like him as much this week. Maybe it has a little to do with price. Um, Whereas, you know, there's just, there's a lot of guys below 7,000 that I'm used to playing that are at those prices. So I think it's almost moving me out of this range, moving me into a two or three stud build in most of my lineup. So Varner's getting a little bit squeezed. I don't have zero, but I don't have a core play like he was last week.
2: I think it is an opportunity. Honestly, see, look at it. Devin Davis, again, on the money, I was just about to say that. The mid sevens to the high sevens is just loaded with chalk. And it's not that I don't like Varner. I think he makes the weekend. And I think he's a fine play. But when you click his name, you're clicking it over potentially Woodland, Harmon, Munoz, Kirk, guys that I think warrant a lot of consideration. So I like Varner. It's just not the overwhelming priority for me this week.
1: Yeah. Let me ask you then about a guy that really, for me, has been, I feel, overowned for a month at least. Maybe not two months, but a month. Is the cheapest price he's been in that month. And yet his ownership doesn't look to be as high. I'm talking about Maverick McNeely. So can I just fade all of those mid to high sevens that are going to be expensive and go get McNeely, who's now, again, he's going to be over 10%, but I think the lowest out of the last couple of months.
2: Cutmaker, mega talent. I'm a little surprised that he's not garnering more ownership. I mean, he he didn't do anything last week, but... He's still finding cuts based all year. He has not let anybody down in any capacity. He can get crazy hot. There is another guy at his exact same price tag that I have a lot of interest in. Uh, that would be CT Pan. I yeah. don't know. I don't know if he's healthy. I, I assume he is. Uh, I'm. I'm under the impression that all systems go for CT Pan. But you have a lot of lot of options in the mid sevens.
1: Yeah, so um, CT Pan, uh, I know uh, that uh, there's obviously a little bit going on around with him a couple of weeks ago uh, where I got I into a conversation him with him. Yeah, so I got into a conversation, wanted to know when he withdrew and why. I didn't really care why, he withdrew, just when he responded and kind of shed some light on what's been going on with the PGA Tour and reporting and getting it to us gamers Regardless, it sounds like something's going to happen because Matthew Kalish also got – no, sorry, Robbins. Robbins got involved from DraftKings and was like, hey, we're looking into a solution here for this withdrawal problem. Regardless, C.T. Pan did respond and say that he just had a medical issue, um, nothing injury-related, and I don't even know if it was about him. I think it might have even been a family member. Um, So I don't – I'm not concerned about an injury there. I think if you want to play Pan this week, you certainly can. I think I like McNeely over him. Uh, uh, Cam Tring- yeah, Cam Tringale is also right there, Ben. So uh, who doesn't make the cut out of those three? Let's let let's do that. Tough.
2: I, I'm going to say it's Tringale, uh, and he's a cut maker, too. He, he lost it a little bit, and then he's found it, and the Irons have done it seven straight positive on the approach, three straight positive with the putter. That's a little atypical I'm, I'm very into the other two. CT Pan is definitely a, a tournament target for me. And Maverick has shown that he, he makes cuts even when he doesn't have it. So I think you're going to be able to pepper this range, three, four guys in lineups and it'll look pretty good.
1: All right. Let me make it a little harder on you. That or oh, maybe actually easier. Cause I think you also want to fade a couple of these guys with me. So Tom Hoagie, Sebastian Munoz, Justin Rose, Gary Woodland. If I missed any. HV three and Kirk actually. So there's six of those six who doesn't play all four days. So who's a guy that, or a couple of guys that you're saying, you know what? I'm really not going to get that much of, and he's not going to be here on Saturday.
2: So uh, the guy that I'm most confused about and concerned about is Justin Rose, because mm-hmm. Justin Rose at this point in his career seems to a, just not be that good. And B when he is good, it's in majors. He doesn't play a lot of events outside of the majors. And it seems like his concern is prep for the majors. So I worry about playing the week after a PGA championship where he looked really good, but before that it was miscut, miscut, miscut 62nd. I think that Rose could bounce back to a relevance and then he'll pop up around the U S open.
1: Interesting. Uh, I've got Sebastian Munoz. He's been playing some pretty good golf. I I think that maybe he, you know, packs it up for the weekend. Yeah. Um, We just haven't seen consistency from him throughout his entire career. That says to me that you know, high-level golf can continue. So I'll say Munoz misses the cut. Uh, Chris Kirk is another guy that he put in a big-time finish last week. I think he's another guy that could be packing up early. So those are the two names that I'll say in that range. As we move down a little bit the salary board, talk about Christian Poseidon, who, who's turning into a bit of a boomer bust, Ben. And I don't really like that from a guy that typically we can rely on to play all four days. So does he continue that? And if so, is it the boom or is it the bust this week?
2: so it's a little confusing because bez was in 2021 was like the he was like maverick he's gonna make the cut he's gonna make some birdies he's an elite putter his driving's pretty bad uh now i don't know what's going on with him he's a little all over the map i think he'll probably weasel through this is an easier cut to make it's 120 players not a full 156 so that is another aspect of this but to me He's behind most of the guys we just talked about. I don't think I want to make Bez a priority this week.
1: Yeah, Mike Gage, he brings up Ryan Palmer in Texas. It's one name that I forgot to write down, um, so he's not on our sheet. Sorry, Tyler, I apologize about that. But I do want to ask you about him because the narrative continues to play out. So is this another week we should be firing up Ryan Palmer? And does he play all four days?
2: let's see ryan palmer i'll give people a a sneak peek at what we're looking at 6.3 percent right now projected that's not gonna do it for me too many other names he's not really doing anything he's got a pair of missed cuts with a a fifth at byron nelson he spikes occasionally but there's so many targets i don't know how i get room for ryan palmer this week
1: do you have room for the at&t byron nelson winner this week Lee. our chat brought him up earlier i mean he's Listen, he's potting out of his mind. I mean, every time they showed him at the PGA Championship, he's making another 12-plus footer. So if that continues, sure, I I would love to play him this week, but I don't know that we can bank on that, can we?
2: I think we can bank on the opposite. Maybe not this week, but eventually that's going to come crap. I actually bet him to miss the cut at the PGA, and on Friday I felt great, and every 20-footer he just made, and that was why he got through. He's playing great golf, but I – I would rather play Domin, EVR, Merritt, so many other guys in that same range.
1: KH Lee does not play all four days. I think no. you and I are on, on part of there. Now, Patrick Reed, the tournament conditions allowed him to have his best finish in a little while, which still wasn't even that great. Uh, did he sneak into the top 10? I don't think he's not going into the top 10, did he? No. I don't know where he finished, but it wasn't in the top 10. Maybe he did. I don't know.
2: Let me say. Uh, Reed came in 34.
1: Yeah. Okay. So he must have had a bad Sunday, um, which he doesn't have any good rounds really. So at 7,400, I mean, I I know his price is continuing to come down, but maybe that's just because he's not that great anymore. I don't know. What are you doing with a guy that like Ricky Fowler was constantly 8,000 or even 9,000 and above.
0: We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions. And it's because that occasional shave really hurts
2: you probably know the feeling. Sweaty, fast breathing, quick heart rate. That's a cortisol spike. It feels awful, and imbalance imbalances the cause of your anxiety. Rebalance Health's three-part anxiety system helps address it at the root.
0: Rebalance Health lozenges are natural and designed for optimal absorption, providing 24-hour relief. Live life fully without feeling like you're fighting for it.
2: Get 50% off your first month with code CALM23 at RebalanceHealth.com.
1: Producing now under 7,500 and not producing.
2: I mean, is it a slight positive that he made the cut at the PGA, but he also made the cut at the Masters? He still has zero top 20 since the century, and that doesn't actually count. Uh, he's broken off the tee. The short game is unbelievably good. He could probably grind through a cup, but you're just you're incurring a lot here. And right now, I think Patrick Reed isn't underpriced at all. This is where he should be at this point. Uh, so I'm not really interested.
1: Our buddy Joel Damon has had his statistically one of his best seasons ball striking. He's ranked inside, I believe, the top 60, both off the tee and on the approach. We're very close to it but has not been able to cash in on it because he's around the green game. One of the worst on the PGA tour, which kind of is surprising to me. Hasn't had a top 10 since the AT&T Pebble Beach, but when he's ball striking well and playing well, two top 20s at this golf course in the last four years. So are we going to get Damon to finally cash in on some of that good ball striking we've seen on a course that again, around the green doesn't matter as much.
2: Projecting for sub 5%. And I, I think that's really the, the narrative. Unlike Southern Hills and other places, I didn't, I didn't think that you'd be able to mask it with hitting a ton of greens. Here I do. I think there's a chance that Joel Dahman has a great iron week and we don't see a ton of around the green opportunities for him. That's going to be a good thing. He likes these type of courses. He's a winner at Corrales. You've got some good showings at Pebble, OHL, those types. This all feeds into what we're doing here. I think that Joel Diamond's fine this week.
1: Me too. Um, I think he plays all four days pretty easily. Uh, there aren't many golfers below 7,500 Ben this week that are getting a ton of attention. What do you think that's attributed to? Do you think that's because there's just so much chalk in that high 7K range? It's just soaking up all of the lineup builds?
2: I do. I, it, so we're going to talk about this. This is the first week where I actually think there are plays from the flat min all the way up. Yeah. But at the at the same time, it's really crowded in the mid range and and there's just so many guys there. So it's an interesting dynamic. Like even, I know he's not on the sheet and I don't want to throw a mega curve, but like Lucas, a bear, I've heard that name a lot this week. He's 71. I I think that most people are going to concentrate in the upper sevens. And then if they need one punt, there are definitely guys in the sixes this week that are playable.
1: Yeah. Let's go into a couple. Um, I've highlighted Steven Yeager a couple of times recently who, really did have a break in his form uh, around the Zurich. He's come three straight made cuts, a top 10 mixed in there, a couple of good starts. So it's 6,800, uh, can Jaeger keep it going this week for all four days? And then we'll get to a couple of more that chat has asked us, including Taylor Moore.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm t- typing about that right now. He, he's yeah. the worst putter I've ever seen in the last month. But I do see some things positive. Now, Steven Jaeger, this is a – This screams trap, but I'm walking right into it. I played Steven Yeager at the Byron Nelson.
1: Me too. I don't
2: know what exactly happened, but he had, just to take a step back, he had lost in four straight with the Irons massively. And then he's gained 2.6, 4.9, and 4.6 in the last three weeks. He has found something. He was always an around-the-green guru. Uh, His short game is great. I'm just going to push it to the limit with this guy. I think that maybe he's turned a corner on tour, talented guy. I'm going to play Jaeger until they adjust his price or he fades back to irrelevance.
1: Agreed. And, and listen, just because a, a, a tour player uh, and you kind of alluded to this was really bad at something for a considerable amount of time. Sometimes it's just one little piece of advice he gets from his coach. That's like, Oh, I got to swing more out than in or more in than out. And something like that can change. I, I can tell you from my very, very small amount of, of being okay at the game of golf, my iron play has gotten so much better because I got one little tip to start my swing a little differently. And my ball striking's gotten better. So I can only imagine that when you get to be as good as Steven Yeager and something like that happens, it can click. So again, I'm totally with you. I'm not going to fade him at 6,800 playing good golf in 120 man field, Uh, especially, you know, with that on top of it.
2: Elite. If he gets through this guy racks up, like he's going to give you a couple doubles and you're going to be frustrated, but you don't really care about that. Sub seven. And then my last point is every time Morikawa and Hovland and these guys, they put so much pressure on everybody else who comes up, because if you don't start out contending, everyone's like, oh, this guy's he's a boss. He's He's not good. Like Steven Yeager had some struggles on tour, but he's still relatively young for sure. And he's got some experience. Maybe he took some lumps and now he's found his game. He's got a 58 out there before he can definitely play. I I think that Steven Yeager might be very undervalued for a while now.
1: Uh, a guy that we've definitely played. Uh, actually, there's there's actually a number of guys in, in the next $200 price range from the Acre that we've played. Alex Smalley and Doug Gim are two of them. So tell me which one is going to make the cut, maybe both, and which one's going to miss. And is Alex Smalley back in play? Total boomer bust. I think Gim gives more consistency. So that would be my answer. Gim makes, Smalley misses, but Smalley has shown more upside. So maybe you're rostering both, Ben, or maybe you're going to avoid both this week.
2: It would be Doug Gim for me. Uh, this is another guy. I think he fits what we're just talking about. We know he's got some talent and he's flashed it. It may be taking a little longer than some would want. He's also lost strokes putting an eight of nine. It's hard to have a lot of upside when you do that. So if he can fix that a little bit, I think we could be looking at something pretty solid here. 6,700, not a popular name, even relative for the range. You're not going to get more than 5% on any of these guys. So I have no problem. If you want to be different from Jaeger, uh, Doug Gims in the conversation.
1: I totally agree. So the fact that it's only 120 man field uh, and we're already in the sixes, we are going to get to a lot of golfers. Just to let you know, we are out of here at 5:25 to give way for our MLB live before lock with E10 and Neil, they're going to be breaking down a pretty large slate tonight for MLB after them, of course, We've got the NBA conference finals. We got my Celtics going tonight. Is that who's playing? Celtics heat. Yeah. Big yeah, okay. time game. And yeah, maybe game there's five, some right? COVID
2: issues. We're gonna find out. You're gonna want to watch okay, that okay. show because there's a lot of unknowns on the Miami side. Big time game. Mike, it's gonna oh, stay close. Every game's been oh. a blowout. This is gonna be a barn burner. I can feel it. what's going on with that dude? I don't know. Every game's 30 points. It's I turned on the game the other day and it was 21 to 4. And that wasn't good uh, oh, as someone who backed the heat in that game. Not great, Bob. Uh, so, yeah, I think this one stays close though.
1: Okay. I, I like it. And of course, turning more on the live before lock show, talk about showdown lineups and so much more speaking of showdown lineups. Now I actually like this guy for a week long. He's made six straight cuts. No idea why he's priced at $6,500 this week. In fact, he's pretty darn close to a core play for me, dude. It's a Thagala. What, why is he priced this low? I've seen nothing wrong with him we've got a top 10 in those six starts he's starting to find it he's got an immense amount of talent no chance I'm fading him this week
2: again extreme talent i think that he certainly belongs in the conversation to allocate some of those shares the price is right he's shown he can do it i i don't know maybe maybe this is just me and chat feel free to chime in here i feel like this week pricing is wildly inefficient like if some of these guys feel a thousand dollars one, you know, either overpriced or underpriced, and Thiegel is one of those guys. If he was in the mid sevens, I wouldn't be like, wow, he's overpriced. I'd just say, like, oh, yeah, he might be in, play.
1: in the low eights. Exact yeah, like same the scenario, bank
2: yeah. is 6k, like yeah, 6k flat.
1: Been playing good golf too, and and uh, we've gotten asked about him, he'll come up in a second. Uh, Scott Stewie, thanks, Stewie, love you here, buddy, appreciate it. Uh, wants to know about Smotherman, who again. Probably doesn't get over 10%, but could, check out our projections, of course, get pretty close to the highest own in this range, which to me, I would rather go the other way. I think Fagala is is just as good, if not better, than Smallerman, probably better. Um, So what are you doing with that? Uh, Stewie wants to know. Obviously, he's a little bit interested.
2: So, listen, six of seven cuts made at 6,300, he's got to be playable. There's no doubt about it. Do I think that you need to go to Austin Smotherman? Definitely not. Do I think you need to go to Adam Shang? Definitely not. But if Mm -hmm. you double pair north of 10 and you need someone at 63, you have to look at this guy. He's making cuts. And if he makes the cut and scores a little bit, he's not going to be the reason you lose. He may not be the reason you win, but he'll set you up for a pretty good uh, opportunity.
1: What do you do with boomer bust talents that have not found consistency? Like chat just mentioned, Brandon Wu, you know, a favorite of mine. Six of 17 made cuts, but in those six made cuts, we've got three top 10s and two top fives. So what do you do with something like that? You just play them blindly and know you're going to get a bunch of variability, or do you try and pick the bottom like we do in the stock market sometimes?
2: So I, I'm uh, an advocate that maybe people have better insight than me, but I don't think it's overly predictive of when these guys pop up. So you got to right. be willing to take some of the losses to get those random top fives. I think contest selection is really important with that. If you're playing in the twenty dollar, you know, the large field, you can afford, you know, if you're playing a bunch of entries to burn some of them with Brandon Wu. If you're playing one entry in a high dollar tournament, do I'm it. not sure I have the guts to that because if he doesn't have it, you're you're basically not, done.
1: Yeah, um, especially in a hundred twenty man field. That's what, exactly. Uh, exactly. We've got we've got a, probably a couple more guys to talk about, but let's say since you just mentioned the single entry thing. Going single entry here this week at 6,500 or below. I want to get in Fleetwood with Hovlin and either Spieth or Morikawa. So I gotta go down to 6,500. I think I've made it clear. My my pick this week is is Tagala, going up a couple hundred dollars. Plenty more I'm interested in. Who's your price? 6,500 or below? Because we're we're gonna get Jaeger in there. Don't you worry. So yeah, oh well, we're getting. Who's the Jaeger. next guy we're gonna get in this lineup?
2: Oh, I wish it was 66. I would have said Patrick Rogers, but. At 65, I think it's going to be Tegela for me as well. I'm fine with Smotherman. I'll give a quick case for Tyler Duncan. This I, is a guy that doesn't have a ton of consistency on tour, but it's also course dependent. If they played this course every week, I think he would have consistency on tour. Missed cut. then he came in 12th at the Heritage. Miscut, missed miscut missed at Wells Fargo. Then he came in 59th at the Byron Nelson. When you look at where he makes his cuts – he makes them at tournaments like this. So I think that he's poised to at least get you through the weekend down here. Not everyone, of course, is making this cut.
1: I got a Ryan Palmer Jr. scenario going on if you want me to pitch it to you. Oh, boy. Please. Texas native and UT Texas grad, Bo Hostler is continuing to play well here in his home state. Fourth at the Valero, 17th at the ITT Byron Nelson. He also almost won the Houston Open a few years ago against Ian Poulter. So Bo Hostler, 6,500, has made a couple of cuts in a row, playing good in Texas. Does he continue that streak here this week?
2: So when you asked me the question just before, I I was going to say Bo Hostler, but it's so tough because when you look at his stats, you're just like, I can't play this guy. He's lost six straight with the Irons. All six have been pretty significant. Yet he's made cuts in there because he's one of the more elite putters on the PGA tour. And his off the tee game is actually improved in some regard. So I get it. It's a little different. Kind of reminds me of Snedeker in that regard where it's just wacky stats upside. Yes. Consistency. No, I think he's very live to miss the cut, but if you get the good version, like Brandon Wu could be a big time showing.
1: Yep. Uh, Mark Hubbard, certainly playing fine when he gets a chance 6,400. Does he play all four days?
2: There are, it's amazing how many names are down here, like Vince Whaley, Scott Stallings, Hubbard. He's not really doing anything, so I'm going to say no. His stats are just very blank across the board. No major leak, no major uh, boom bust right now.
1: Is Luke Donald just trying to boost <laughs> his, uh, you know, resume for the live golf tour? Because he's playing good golf, man. Seen, I saw Chad just bring him up. I'm not going to play him he the cut, but I, I won't take it away. He's playing much better than the last couple of years
2: he is and he can only survive at certain courses and this would be one of them so I get it but I'm not playing Luke Bonald. uh
1: Brian from our chat just brought up two names at 6100 Adam Svensson has had some very good finishes this year more in the Florida swing which I don't think this is really a good comp for Doc Redmond's another one though who huge talent you know USAM winner made two cuts here. I do like him at an event like this. And at 6,100, if, if I'm really going very aggressive up top, he'll make some lineups. Not nearly as big a play for me though, as say Tagala or even going up to Jaeger or Doug Gim, but certainly part of my player pool. How about you?
2: Yeah, I, I think he could be part of mine as well. Again, part of it is that I don't know how many names that I'll need down here. It'll be dependent on a lot of different things. So there is a difference between, are they playable and are they going to make your roster because contest selection, things like that really do matter. But you know, as, as we kind of get to that, I'm very open to moving down to the low sixes this week. I usually don't do that. I think there's a big drop off. This is one week. I, I truly wouldn't mind having guys in the low sixes on my team.
1: So I used to have this, uh, this thing that in my main lineup, I wouldn't roster two golfers below $7,000 because typically when they're priced below 7,000, they have more risk associated with them and, and you just don't want to do that. But this week, I'm, I'm totally different on that. I think there are so many names down here. I, I, I say sometimes that I feel like DraftKings flips price ranges like 7,300 to 7,000 could easily be 6,500 to 6,200 and vice versa this week. It, it might've happened, their algorithm did it or what have you, but nonetheless, um, definitely able to do that. So, all right, let's stay on our path here so that we can get to everything we want to in our show this week. We've got, of course, a couple lineup builds, but next we're going to talk about our betting card, which I already mentioned, kind of previewed. Ben and I are, are really kind of, in line here this week we're both starting with victor hovland up the top um just to be clear you know speed and morikawa obviously two of my favorite golfers i find a way to make plenty of money if they end up winning a golf tournament they're not a part of my main card but if they end up getting there i promise it'll be a good week for me but for my main card it's it's hovland at the top at 20 to 1 he hasn't had a top 10 in quite some time and i think that his play has it's really been masked by bad around the green stuff It'll clear up here this week. I like starting with him. I like starting with Abe Answer. I think he is due for a breakthrough. And then Tommy Fleetwood. I'm not gonna miss the breakthrough, Ben. Um, I can't do it. So those are my three mains, and then the long shots. No surprise. It's uh Thagala and um, and Hostler. like you said, I'd rather bet Hostler than play him in DFS, I think, because his miss caught equity is so live. So uh for you, anybody else up top that you're joining me? I think Fleetwood, right, if I'm not mistaken?
2: Definitely on Fleetwood. Uh, yep. Yeah, and certainly if, if you want my, my full card, and if you guys don't know, Odd Shopper or YouTube, our, our separate channel where we've got a ton of betting takes from PGA to N- NBA to NHL, everything that you want. A lot of great content over there. I'm not missing Tommy Fleetwood week. I, I can't do that. I'm going to make a case, though, for C.T. Pan at 100 to 1. C.T. Pan is a winner on tour. This is a guy that seems to have a theme in terms of what type of tracks that he likes. He won at RBC heritage. He was second at Wyndham. He was third at Honda. He was third at this very tournament, sixth at RSM. OHLs in there. He's got, these are the type of tracks he thrives a hundred to one in a tournament like this. I don't think that's the craziest guy in the world, but up top, I'm in line with you hobble and answer fleetwood, Maybe Tony Finau. So there are names. I'm going to try to beat Scheffler and JT. That's my big stand. Hope I survive that. Of course, the two best players in the field, not betting them this week, though.
1: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm, I'm looking uh, at our hot takes thing, and, I, and I've, got, I've got some pretty fun ones uh, here this week. But before we get onto that, of course, like we said, for more betting takes, check out our Odd Shopper channel. Yeah, look at that, on the that screen. Is.
2: Tyler, way to be on top of it. Good looks.
1: Thanks, Tyler. We love that. Love it, bro. Uh, all right, let's move on to our line of builds. Speaking of that, Tyler, I'm going to maybe put you to the test here again uh, for just a quick second. We're going to build a, three of them this week. I think we have time, Ben, so um, let's do uh a, a, The first one, I'm going to build Contrary. I already mentioned that there are plenty of quality options above 10K, but I want to say that this is going to be the week where a 9,300 guy wins it, in the name of okay. Abraham Answer And all the 10k guys end up either their best finish is a top, you know, tied for 10th or something like that. So, if we're not putting a guy above 10k in, are you starting with answer or are you starting somewhere else? Uh, because answer is going to have to be in the lineup for me,
2: <laughs> yeah. We can do that. So, I think one of the interesting builds, if that's what you want to do, is actually to you could double or even triple up like answer Sunjay one, two, they're right mm-hmm. next to each other. Yeah. I like both of them, so you've got 93 and 9200 there. We can do anything. We could even take, you know, a guy right next to them. We could put Fleetwood with them. There's a million different options.
1: Here's what I do. I like the, I, I really like the start of this because answer again, we already talked about likely to be low owned Throw in Fleetwood. We get that win equity. If you are worried about some here's where I'd say you can choose the one of two off that Ben and I talked about. You could go down to Daniel Berger and continue that low owned kind of stud approach there. Then you're going to be left with about 7,500 per player. And this is where I'd click Maverick McNeely's name easily. I'd have no problem with it. Um, again, I think he's underpriced this week. So then we throw in maybe somebody at 7,200, 71. So for you, Cam Davis, Aaron Rye, Joel Damon, Lucas Bear, we've talked about of those four, who are you clicking to be in this lineup?
2: Yeah, so a ton of options when you get to that range. It's not going to be Hebert. He's there's That's too much for May um what do you think should we go with joel
1: yeah the only problem is i'm worried this is going to leave us in that mega chalk range. so you're going to have to tell me how we're going to differentiate there so if we go damon it leaves us with 8k left is there a guy in that range of really you know chalky Mm -hmm. golfers that we should go down to is is bez a a play here because he's going to get a third of an ownership of, of all that around him
2: so you, you could definitely, I mean, certainly if you go to beds, you're going to have no problems because you'll have $400 left over. Uh, and that will absolutely be unique. Yep. I think that you could even get away with leaving like a hundred bucks and going to Woodland, something like that. I don't see a big deal with that. You may want to tweak a little bit. And again, using the leverage tool and our projections and our ownership are ways to try to minimize those dupes. But the good thing, it's a blessing and a curse. The upper sevens are loaded with plays not everyone can be popular. Somebody's going to get squeezed, but at the same time, there are a lot of options people are interested in.
1: For sure. Again, you can go a lot of variations. If you want to go use the gala here, you can get up into the, say, you know, Taylor Gooch, Daniel Yo. Berger range. We actually didn't even talk about Gooch by the way, um, which ooh, again, I'm fine with. I think he's a decent play this weekend at yep. 8,900. I take him over Sam Burns. If, if we had to go one of those two guys, um, nonetheless, Okay. That's a good build there. I, I uh, like that one. Certainly like those top four guys that we talked about. I think those are a really good stack uh, that you can do a lot of different things with. So um, like that. Okay. Now let's go to the build where we're going to have at least two in the 10 K range. If you're going to pick your top two, is it Hovland speed? I'm pretty sure if I'm not mistaken. Yes, definitely. Okay, let's roll Hovland and Speeth out there. Uh, now we've got to, we've got to get at least one low owned golfer in here. Um, let's see. We talked about is Ricky Fowler. Is this where you want to play him? Or are you? Sure. Yeah. Live right. A little, let's, you know, he's, you know, he's buddies with speed. He Maybe he's staying with him this week. Um, let's go Jaeger here. Okay. okay.
2: Speed Hovland, Ricky and Jaeger.
1: Yeah. We, I want to go low priced again here. Cause I don't want to end up in that range. So who'd you like to use below seven K that we haven't yet?
2: So let's see below seven k that we have, and let's see what we can do. Patrick Rogers, you mentioned him. Yeah, Patrick Rogers is definitely a name. Doug Gim is down there. Yeah, I um, yeah. let's see if we could get to. We see what I would probably do is go Thigala and Gooch. Yeah. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I love that. We shouldn't have any problem being Fowler, Jaeger, Thigala. Definitely
2: but... going to be unique. Yeah. So there's no that. issues there, and again, you, you that's the beauty of the six right now. You could go all the way down to Shank. You could go all the way up to like Rogers, and you're going to have players from Webb Simpson up to like Sunjay to choose from.
1: Yeah, I really like that build. That was uh, that was a really good one. I'm probably going to use that quite a bit more. Uh, I just think it's it's well put out there. Um, yeah. Okay, and now my last one. What did I say here? Oh, just in case the Thursday. Wind picks up. I want to build an all AM PM. Did see something like that come out last week? So I want to. We have that. So I want to start with Colin Morikawa here. Uh, he's in that wave, and then we've got you know Tommy Fleet. We, we could go back to um, any other guys that you'd like to play. I can confirm for you if they are in that morning to late.
2: Wave. I'd like to put CT Pan in there. I okay. believe he has an early draw, and again, I, I think that he's really poised to be a very aggressive, sneaky play back. this week. Um, who else we got?
1: Oh, Ryan Palmer in Texas. (laughs) Sure. Why not? All right. 73. Why
2: not? When this goes to all hell, you can, you got it on the screen at DFS golfer 23. Don't be at me with Ryan Palmer takes.
1: Fine. Um, Fine, fine, Me on that. Um, where's
2: Maverick Maverick. Put him in there if we need to.
1: Yeah. eight forty-eight. Okay. Okay. Uh, name we haven't talked about but has shown the ability recently to go nuclear with the irons, which can absolutely help you on this card. Matt Neesmith going out one of the first T types. You interested to throw his name in there?
2: So Matt Neesmith, I think is again, a, a, the type of player. If you're building a bunch of teams, he's a great add to the portfolio. I personally don't think that he is someone I'm honing in on, but the results don't lie in terms of T to green, gained in four or five gained 10 straight off the T just a little putting issue. So 73, it's more than reasonable.
1: Sam Burns uh, first top 20 in a major last week. He's the guy that has the price left. Um would you mix up your lineup here? Let, hold on, let me make sure before I tell you that. I thought he was playing in the no, he's in the afternoon. We can't do that. Okay, it's going to have to be Sam Burns. That that would complete the AM/PM there. there. Okay. Yeah,
2: Burns is, Burns is in the AM, is he not?
1: Yeah, he is. I yeah. wanted to see if we could go up to Hovland and get 300 more dollars but Hovland's in the afternoon, so that would go against gotcha. him. Gotcha. All right. Uh, so that now will do it for our free lineup builds. Again, this is just some fun stuff we like to do. Hopefully we cash in big and I split the first place prize with one of you in here this week. Um, all right. Now nice. it's going to our hot takes. Uh, this is where I've come up with a little kind of a fun new way to do this. Uh, and to also look on getting paid about it if I do end up hitting the hot streak. So, or hot take. So here's my hot take this week. I've got the three names. Victor Hovland's one of them. That's an easy one, right? That are all going to top 10 this week. Instead of top five, I'm going to do top 10. And it is Sahith Fagala, Victor Hovland, and Maverick McNeely. I like McNeely to bounce back this week. We haven't seen him get into the top 10, but he's played really good. So if we do all that, that three-legged parlay that you can find at least right now, only on FanDuel chat. If you can do it, or Ben, if you know you can do it anywhere else, let me know. But I believe FanDuel is the only place I've seen it. It is going to pay you 23982. So it's a random number, right? But 23982. So a ten dollar wager wins you just about 2400 dollars I like that. Those are my three guys. All come in the hot uh the top 10. That is my hot take. So Ben, why don't you Give us your hot take, and I'll let you send the crowd off this week as we're just a couple of weeks away from our next major as well.
2: Yes, majors coming fast and furious. And, again, just want to advocate to Yahoo and our tools. If you you are new to the site, we've got so much, not just for PGA. The guy's coming up next with the MLB. Great, great insight there. Now, we kind of talked about this guy a little bit. 200 to 1 in the outright market, 35 to 1 for a top 5, 14 to 1 for a top 10. I don't think it's insane that Patrick Rogers could in theory get into the mix. This guy's an elite putter off the tee has been better. He's gained massively in his last two. The irons are secure. He's made three straight cuts. And when you look at Patrick Rogers, he's another guy. I think this is the type of course, if he ever does truly break through, it could be at this type of event. So he's quietly putting together a decent little stretch here, massive risk. When I say massive, it's absolutely massive. But as a one percenter, two hundred to one, I don't think that's the craziest last minute on the card.
1: Nope. I, I like that name. Like you said, he's been putting great, and his off the tee work has been superb this year. So, all right, next week we've got the Memorial up, and that is a good tournament and Love a good the Memorial. Course. Yep, I expect uh, a good field. Maybe Patrick Cantlay will finally be in play because it's not a major, and of course he's good at. It. So, until then, everybody, good luck this week at the Charles Schwab Challenge, and we will see you on the other side. Cheers.